Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're entering into a season that oftentimes people wind down in. It's the end of the year, and so it's kind of a year of like, let's just go walk about. We've worked hard all year. Uh, we just want to take a break, and uh, I don't blame you. I do too. I love taking a break. I love holidays. I love eating. Uh, all, everything that goes with it, all the trappings. Uh, it's it's a world. It's a season that's just wonderful. Uh, the Christmas season. It's also one of the loneliest seasons for people that don't have family. Uh, but I'm so thankful for this church because we are family, and we're going to look after you. So if you're here, you're part of our family. You don't have physical family up here over the holidays, make sure that you show yourself at our dinner parties because uh, that's the place where we make friends. That's why we call them dinner parties, and that's why we have them. Uh, if, it's, if it's one word that, that tells the why of dinner party, it's friends. Uh, it's a real travesty, I think, for people to attend a church and see a church as just an attending thing, like an event, uh, but walk away with no friends. And God has a plan for that. We do as a church, and that's why we have community at the start of, uh, of our Sunday service. Somebody goes, when does church start? I say, it started. We, we, we started with a cup of coffee and a hello and how are you, what's your name? And we carried it all the way through to the preaching, of course, worship and everything else. So uh, just make sure that over this Christmas season that you're not alone. It's not good for you to be alone, so don't be alone. Uh, show yourself friendly. Fill out the card, as Brownie said, uh, so that we can contact you and uh, make yourself known. Now, with the Christmas season, uh, there's something about that we wind down at Christmas time, and then we kind of have this like, we're going to really get serious comes January. So we've got all these resolutions and plans and everything for January. And of course, the new year, it's 2020. So uh, everybody, every pastor worth his soul will be playing on 2020 vision and everything else. And uh, uh, it's a little bit cliche, a little bit predictable. I kind of don't know whether I'll do that or not because of 2020, because I don't, I don't like the predictable and uh, cliche. I don't like cliches either, but probably going to do 2020 and, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about vision and, and going forward. But I had this thought and uh, it's really somewhat of a theme that I want to start this morning and, 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 and talk about. I don't like traveling for one reason, and that's because I don't like jet lag. And I worked out, if you travel and you go to other time zones, you, you may have caught on to this. I don't know that I invented it, but I certainly worked it out for myself, that I don't have to get really bad jet lag going into another time zone. And the way out of that is what I do before I get on the airplane headed for the other destination, I set my watch to the destination uh, time zone that I'm going into. In fact, I actually go further than that. I start to think, how are they doing? What are they doing where I'm headed? If, it, if it's uh, like L.A. or something and I'm, I'm coming from here, uh, I, I'll think, I'll think, Okay, they're having lunch in L.A. It's the middle of, of, of the day. So when I get on the plane, I'm not going to go to sleep and I'm not going to watch movies, you know, and, and just treat it as if it's nighttime because it might be nighttime in Brisbane when, when the plane leaves. I, I start to think about the destination of where I'm headed and I don't get lagged. 
I, I stay up when, whenever they're up, wherever I'm headed. I, I, I push myself and I stay up whenever they're eating lunch or they're eating a meal. I'll eat that meal. Uh, as best as I can, I set my schedule, I set my time, and I set my mindset on where I'm going into, not where uh, I'm coming from. Now, there is a saying, and, and I think it's very apropos for uh, the new year, you know, start with the end in mind. Starting with the end in mind. So we wait till January, uh, the fireworks and, you know, all the party, the celebration, everything else. And then we, we basically go, okay, you know, I'm back to the gym now, two weeks into it. I, I, I'm going to go on a Bible study plan. I'm going to, you know, read my Bible every week this year. I'm going to pray, you know, for one hour every day this year. I'm going to make all these New Year's resolutions, and, and I'm going to kick off the year 2020 or whatever year. I, I'm going to start with the end in mind. Thought, though, if you don't want to have this lag between this year and next year and, and this big gap in your life, and, and you don't want to get caught with uh, life lag, I'll call it. If you don't want to get caught with that, why not finish with the start in mind? Why not finish this year with the start of next year in mind? Why do we have to drop everything because we're so exhausted and we forget what made us exhausted is not doing the stuff, not doing the prayer stuff, the worship stuff, the you know fellowship stuff, spending time with God and God's people. That's what caused us to get burned out in the first place. You're never going to, this is a newsflash, but you're not going to burn out reading your Bible and praying. You're not going to burn out worshiping God. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. It's not just, you know, I've got to get to Netflix and, and catch, you know, the latest uh, stand-up comedy so I can get a bit of joy, or I've got to somehow try to get to some carols by candlelights or something. Like, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. Happiness is when all of your ducks are in a row. Joy is when your ducks aren't in a row. But I've still got this, this incredible joy from heaven, which can't be described. It's amazing. That's better than a vacation. It's way better than a holiday. I don't need to have, you know, a holiday for the sake of that. I'll have a holiday for other reasons, but, uh, but I, I'm sinking myself going forward. I'm finishing with the start in mind. Now, I had a, uh, a couple of titles, as I always do with messages, and I always kind of share these with you so you can help me out here on which one that you like. Uh, but <laughs> I, I call one, uh, you know, avoiding, or, or, or avoiding uh, life lag. Life lag. Another one uh, is uh, heaven can't wait. I chose heaven can't wait uh, before I got here, so that's what's going to come up on the screen. But you could put, if you're making notes, you could put in there uh, living without lag if you'd like to, uh, because I'd like you to finish with the start in mind, and, and so that we're not having this big lag here between this year and next. And also, I want to carry that 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 thought further. What would it look like if we lived a life with the end in mind? What if we finish this life with the start of the next life in mind? So I'm talking about heaven. What if we lived here as if you're already there? What would that look like? Your will be done, as we sang in that, that wonderful song in the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth how as it is in heaven. Start doing that here the way that they're doing it there. What if we were so uh, heavenly minded that we were actually earthly good? 
or we drop the whole cliche, you know, oh, they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. I don't think so. I think if you're heavenly minded, you're going to do a lot of good things here on the earth. And if I was the devil, I'd come up with cute little cliches like that to stop people from being heavenly minded, to stop people from believing the scripture that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, way back in the beginning, and, and I, I won't digress too far here, but I just want to lay something out. Way back in the, in, in the beginning, in the garden, a place called the Garden of Eden, there was Adam and Eve, and heaven was on earth. If you could picture a, a, a circle, one representing a sphere, uh, representing the space of heaven, and, and another sphere representing uh, earth, those two overlapped completely. God walked in the garden. There was no sin. Adam and Eve were in perfect fellowship with God. Everything was perfect. He said, just, you know, tend this garden. There was no work. There was no sweat of the brow. There was no suffering because sin had not entered. When sin entered, all of a sudden now, the, the overlay of those two spheres were separated. Human beings, man, was separated because of this sin. God had a plan, however, for those two spheres to come back together uh, again, and that plan was through the shedding uh, of blood. So he had animals, an innocent animal, uh, uh, to portray that, that shedding of blood, and he had a place where heaven and earth would touch each other. It was called the temple or the tabernacle. It was in the city uh, of Jerusalem, the physical city of Jerusalem, the temple that Solomon built was a place where heaven and earth overlapped. And, and then Jesus came along. He became the substitute. He shed his blood at Calvary. And now everywhere that Jesus went, there was a, 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 a heaven, a, a heaven zone, if you will, in the middle of a sphere of sin. There was salvation everywhere that Jesus went. Then he went and, and, he, and, he, and he poured forth his Holy Spirit so that now his body, that's you and I, every place that we go in the sphere of sin called this earth, heaven is. Heaven is everywhere you go. Thy will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. It's up to you to enforce, to see it that way. But you've got to throw forward and live in the time zone, if you will, or the place called heaven as if it already is. Some, some people are waiting for this big, uh, you know, I'm going to go to heaven one day, and you are. And, and when that happens, you know, all this amazing stuff is going to happen, and it is. But heaven is waiting on you today. Heaven is waiting for you to do something. Heaven is waiting for you to move into prisons and people that are, that are lonely and people that are downcast and people that don't have any joy and families that are disconnected. And You know, divorce was never God's plan. It was never the, the design of two people getting married. Oh, what are you going to do when you get married? We're going to get a divorce. It's going to be wonderful. Kids are going to suffer. And everything. That was never God's plan. Happiness is God's plan. Joy is God's plan. Families together is God's plan. Now, if that happened, then, then, then the solution to that is bring heaven back on the scene. Get God back working. We sing a song called Waymaker. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. He is the way maker. So if, if, if devastation or desolation or divorce or any of those words have hit your life, there is a solution, and it's heaven on earth through Jesus Christ. So you're walking forth. You're bringing heaven into the sphere where sin is, has devastated it. But I've noticed something. I had this belief that heaven was kind of this waiting room. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I could never get excited about heaven because I thought, how boring. 
you know, I'm going to die. And I've had a lot of fun here and got a lot of cool friends and have a lot of fun with my friends. This is, you know, going back to when I first got saved. And, you know, it's a, like, I love this life, man. I'm having a ball. Like, I'm living in Southern California. You know, it is happening for me. I'm not living a boring life. I love my life. And, uh, you know, when I got saved, I accepted Jesus. My life uh, didn't turn boring. I'm thinking, this is pretty cool, too. I met some good Christian friends. They like to have fun, too. And, and, and we're all, you know, we're all doing the fun thing. We're in our, you know, tw 21, 22. You know, life is great. Got my health, got, got a career, got a path going on here, everything else. And then heaven. Heaven. I started out, what are you going to do there? Oh, it's like a, it's like a waiting room. You know, all the saints are going to be there. Uh, that's, that's cool. Like all these people you don't even know yet, they're all going to be gathered around in kind of this big waiting room. And so I have had this view that heaven was waiting like a waiting room. And then I had to get there somehow. Then I was going to get bored out of my skin sitting around somewhere with a bunch of people making small talk, I guess, or singing some cheesy songs that, you know, they sang in the church where I got saved. <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, we didn't have cool songs like we sang this morning. So, you know, my picture of heaven, my throw forward of heaven was anything but exciting, anything but anticipation, anything but looking forward to that, like, wow. Uh, and so, therefore, I couldn't really think about Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because I'd have to turn my life into a waiting room. I'd have to be bored. I'd have to slow down. I'd have, have to stop doing a whole bunch of stuff because, you know, my paradigm, my view of heaven, well, wasn't accurate. But I began to see and begin to read, especially, uh, you know, Revelation chapter 21 and other scriptures where uh, it talked about heaven. But then I got to see where Jesus moved on the earth and, and the other believers moved on the earth. And whenever the, the windows of heaven opened up and whenever somebody, you know, uh, spoke out of heaven, angels coming forth out of heaven, uh, healings and power coming forth out of heaven, I began to see that, that God's plan isn't for heaven waiting for us. Heaven is waiting for us, not a waiting room, but waiting for us to move and do the stuff and take the power from that's available to us and actually appropriate it and actually live on the earth as if we're already in that, in that zone. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and when a believer does that, it's renowned. I mean, they write books about it, like Smith Wigglesworth. You know, people, Smith was 60 years old when he started, and he's been dead for so many years, but people are still talking about Smith Wigglesworth because he's one guy that, that got a hold of something from heaven and, 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 and displayed God's power here on earth. And, and it's like, but he's gone. Isn't there more than just one person that can do this? Isn't it, isn't it up to you and I to tap into this? Isn't it up to God's church and us to get together to start to see things like divorce and loneliness and, and broken families and homes and poverty and all, all of these things that are on earth? Is that God's will in heaven? The answer is no. But what I found is that people in churches in particular are good at singing about it but not believing it. Have you ever had a experience that caused you just to go, no way. Like, no way. No way. You hear something, and it, and it could be good or bad. It kind of startles or, or it just shakes you up. To call, and you, your brain can't comprehend it, so you just, no way. I, I turned off the game the other day because my team was so far behind. And uh, so I thought, ah, you know, there's, there's no way that they're going to catch up. 
And then later on, I, I thought, uh, I'll just check it out on YouTube. I'll just see what the score was because the game was finished. And uh, my team came from behind and won. And, 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 I, and I said, no way. There's just no way. And I think that's the way it is sometimes with us when we see the promises of God, when we even hear testimonies about revival in other places of the world and miracles going on and different things that are happening. We read biographies or autobiographies about people that actually grabbed a hold of heaven and, 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 and heaven was waiting and, and, and they, you know, they began to walk in it so heaven didn't have to wait and miracles got poured out. And sometimes, you know, even reading through the Bible, you go, no way. Like three loaves and some fishes? Like seriously? Like wow. Fed all these people walking on water? Like no way. No way. Yes, way. Way because of way maker. Now in Isaiah, I know I'll get to the Bible here. Isaiah 54, I want to read a passage of Scripture that really, uh, that really paints a picture, I believe, of uh, the church on earth and then what the church should be based on, uh, on the church in heaven. And so Isaiah 54, 1 to 3, it's, he says, the prophet says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who never were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I look at this woman, and she's got some serious issues. She's not only barren, and she's not pregnant at, at this uh, writing. She's never born a child. In fact, she's never even been in labor. In fact, she's desolate, the Bible says, and on top of that, she's not even married. So it's a hopeless situation. Do you see that? She has no hope at all of having children. No man, no labor, never been there, desolate, childless. The Bible, in, in those days, a woman like that would have been cursed. And she's single and sterile, but she's told to do something. Being single and sterile, she's told to start singing and shouting. She must have thought, there's no way anything good's going to happen to me. Other people are getting married. The other women are getting pregnant. Others have a house. Everyone else is blessed. Kind of like Shannon L. What about me? And this woman represents the church, collectively the saints of God, our future, God's destination for us, heaven a new city collectively of God's believers. How do you know that? Go with me over to Galatians or come up. Paul has an experience that he writes about in 2 Corinthians 12 and also here in, at the beginning of Galatians. He goes to heaven. He's caught up, it says, into the third heaven. He saw things that he couldn't even describe. He heard things that he couldn't even utter. He's caught up into this revelation. He shares bits of it throughout his epistles, his letters, and he writes this in, to the church in Galatia who's going through a tough time. 
And he says, but the Jerusalem, verse 26, the Jerusalem that is above, talking about heaven, talking about that city collectively of the saints that have gone on, that, that Jerusalem that is above is free. And she is our mother. For it is written, now he's talking metaphorically. I hope that you understand it. You know how they, they describe ships as a, as a she, you know, oh, she's a beauty. The ship is not a woman, okay? It's just a female gender attached to it. And, and, and he's doing this here. He's, she, she's our mother. In other words, she's going to give birth to something. Heaven wants to give birth to something here uh, on earth. God has made a way, like I said, through his blood on Calvary, he has made a way for heaven to invade earth. Heaven is waiting for you, not waiting as in you're not going to do anything until you get there, but waiting for us to move. For it is written, be glad barren woman. So he, he refers directly back here to this prophecy by Isaiah, be glad, barren woman. How many people are glad when they're barren? You who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry out loud. You who are never in labor because you are the children of the desolate woman, uh, sorry, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. He goes on and expounds on this, and we won't do that too much here, but we'll wait into verse 28. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, who is a promised child, are children of promise. You see, she's got every reason not to sing in church. She has every reason not to shout in church. She has every reason not to go to the dinner party. Oh, I don't want to go there. Everybody's going to be cheerful, you know. And, you know, and I'm not. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to sit at home and listen to country western music. <laughs> Problems, excuses, circumstances, hopelessness. You may have every reason, my friends, to write off the rest of this year. You might have every reason to write off the rest of your life and just ride it out like it's an episode of Survivor or something because you're waiting for the big waiting room called heaven. You may have every reason, nothing to laugh about, nothing to rejoice about, nothing to sing about, no plans to, to make. And churches are full of believe it, I'll believe it when I see it, people. But faith doesn't operate that way, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith is I'll sing when I don't feel like singing. I'll shout when there's nothing to shout about. I'll make plans when I'm going through so that God can have a breakthrough. That's what church and faith are all about. God wants us. He wants us to live in a day that seems like there's no way and to see something that in him there's always a way. Jesus refers to himself as the way. Not the why. God's not the why. He's the way. Sometimes we're just asking why all the time. Why this? Why did that happen? Why, why am I barren? Why am I desolate? Why does everybody else have a house? I don't have a house. Why, you know, why does everybody get married? I'm still single. Well, there could be some reasons for that, but uh, we won't go there. You get, get my series on, boys and girls. Uh, we're, we're living in a world, friends, that has lost its way. They've, they've, they've lost the way, so they're saying, well, well, they're bringing the why instead of the way. And God comes along and says, well, I'm the way. 
on the way so that broken homes can have a bright future and poverty that's not a purpose to live for. Poverty is survival, not a solution for society. Aren't you glad that God is your way maker? And the early church was known as the way. So Paul gets so caught up in the heaven that he, that he brings this forth. There's a solution to hopeless, barren, desolate situations. There is a way out of everything. Colossians 3, 2, and 4. We're not going to look at too many more scriptures here, but I want you to get a hold of this. There is a way so that you don't have to live with the lag, the lag being where you're at in heaven. There is a way. And it's this, Colossians 2, 3 rather, 2 to 4. Set your minds on things above. But I haven't got on the plane yet. Set your watch to where you're headed. If you don't want to get jack lag and you want to have a good time when you get to L.A. or Frankfurt or wherever you're going, if you want to have fun when you're getting there and not walking around jet lagged and you know half asleep and tired and no 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 fun to anybody, if you want to if you want to have a, a good life and a powerful life, set your mind to where you're headed into. Set your minds on things above. Be so heavenly minded that you have power here on earth, not on earthly things. Set your thoughts on your eternal home. Sink your schedule to where you're headed. Where are you headed, man? You're, you seem like you're, a, you're on a mission. You're, you're in a hurry. Where, where are you headed? Heaven. I'm headed for heaven, but I got a lot of steps to take yet on earth. But man, my mind, my destiny, my mindset my time zone, my wall, everything is set for that because that's where I'm headed. But right now, I'm bringing and I'm drawing that power from up there into this place because we need that power to break desolation and divorce and every other bad thing that's going on, everything that the devil's getting away with. Notice these things start with D because devil starts with D. If you want to avoid life lag, then, then live as if you're in heaven. Be so heavenly minded that in some ways you, you are no earthly good to this world. Verse 3. For you died. Do you understand? You don't got to wait till you die. You're already dead. I was in a, a church in Kingaroy ministry several years ago. And uh, this guy came in after the meeting, and, you know, he's a bikey looking dude. And um, he had a knife, and it's kind of like, you know, showing the knife. It wasn't like taking it out yet. And I was with a friend named Alan Lane who used to go to our church. And, and uh, so we went out there, you know, and uh, did this meeting, finished the meeting. And the band was packing up and everything. This guy comes up to me, and he said something that somebody had said years ago, way back in San Diego, exact same words. He goes, you know, he said, uh, I said, well, who are you? I thought he was going to say something nice about the message. And he goes, well, you know, I'm the death angel. I've been sent here to kill you. And... I learned this lesson. I learned this lesson. And I said, you can't kill me. He kind of like, you know, made his knife known. I said, you can't kill me. He said, what do you mean I can't kill you? I can kill you. I said, no, you can't kill me because I'm already dead. Dead men don't fear anything. Dead men don't feel anything. Dead men don't give a rip about nothing. Dead is dead. You can insult a dead person. They're not going to get angry. They're not going to, you know, get even. They're dead. Be dead to the things of this world. Get your mind set in heaven. Get your purposes, your agenda. Get the power from heaven going in earth because you don't have any fear. 
What can men do to me? Am I worried about my reputation? Am I worried about the media? I don't, I'm not going to swear, but I don't give a little grippy about any of it. For you die, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, <laughs> then you will also appear with him in glory. Every time that the devil comes at you with one of his D words, just remind him that I am dead, devil. That starts with D, too. I am dead to your garbage. I am dead to your stuff. I'm dead to censure and praise and every other thing. I, it's no longer I, Ed, that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And whenever Ed can get out of the way, man, Christ can move in this world. Yeah, give Jesus a shout. So what do we do? got to let God turn you no way into a way with this scripture, but Peter had a revelation of this when Jesus asked him, you know, who do men say that? Some say you're the prophet Isaiah, some say you're Jeremiah, John the Baptist, one of the other prophets, but who do you say that I am, Peter? And he goes, you are the Christ. That's the spirit of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, everywhere that we go with you, heaven breaks out. You are carrying a different atmosphere, man. Every every place that, that there's a miracle needed, there's a miracle that happens. Every place that, you know, dead people or, or, or there's, there's a lack of anything, you are abundantly, you are our abundant supply. You are the bread of life. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says this. He says, you are right, Peter. And upon that revelation of who I am, the Christ, the, the, the door where there is no door, upon that revelation, I will build my church. Then he says something amazing. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought, hell's got gates? Oh, yeah, gates are there to access. They're there to deny access or to open up or to shut. And there are people that are shut in all over our world, all over our city, in our families, the city, and beyond in this world. Every place that you go, there are hate gates of hell that are stopping people from accessing heaven. And it's up to you and I. And Jesus goes on and he says, he says, whatever you bind on earth, not bind in heaven. Don't bind stuff in heaven. That's not scriptural. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, heaven is backing you up. And whatever you loose on earth, whatever gate of hell that needs to be opened to set the captive free, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The power from heaven, the door, Jesus, every chance that Jesus gets in contact with a gate of hell, there's an access point for heaven, but it's up to us to bring them there. Set your mind on things above. You know, our, our mission is pretty it's pretty simple. Reinhard Bonnke said it this way in a German accent. We are going to plunder hell to populate heaven. We're to rescue hurting, broken, barren, desolate people. We're to get to the gate. Back to my jet lag analogy. You know, you've got to, you can't just set your watch on where you're headed, but you got to know that if you don't get to the gate on time in the zone that you're in, you're going to miss the plane. 
because there's gates there. You understand if you've ever flown, you know, which gate are we leaving it from? Oh, you know, it's, it's 58A or whatever. Where's that at? It's a long ways away. You got to get to the gate. Every one of us has a gate that we got to get to. We can't afford to have spiritual lag going on in our life that we're just going to sit there and wait until next year. We're going to wait to the end of our life because heaven's waiting on us to do something. Heaven is waiting for us to get Jesus the way, the door. He said, I'm the door, man. He walks through walls. He's waiting for us to get to the gate, to get people rescued into the destination that they're supposed to be headed into, which ultimately is heaven, my friends. So let's just be so heavenly minded that we are earthly good and we can get gates where there is no gate, where there's somebody that's locked up and there's a gate of hell that shut them up and they can't catch that plane. We, it's up to you and it's up to I to make sure that we get to that gate, that we become the gateway uh, of Jesus living in us so that people can be rescued, so that we can bind those things and loose those things here on earth as if it was in heaven, my friends. Why don't we stand together? Come on. We're going to shout. We're going to sing. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.